But the other thing that really stood out to me initially was that it's okay to fail. Uh, again, I was trying like these little side hustle things, right? And I kept on messing up and, and doubts started creeping in like they do. Like, like, am I good at this? Like, why do I keep on like, why can't I find anything that clicks? Like, I know I'm just kind of testing the water, but like, why is the water always so cold? You know, like, but I, I just felt like I got the permission to fail. What are we talking about on the Grow Your Damn Business podcast? We're talking about business, specifically your business. Is it growing or are you stuck? How painful is that growth? Is it running you or are you running it? Are you working in your business or on your business? On the Grow Your Damn Business podcast, we explore these questions and much more. Expect a lively, spirited discussion about what it takes to grow your damn business. And now, on to the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Grow Your Damn Business podcast. I am your host, Scott Goodrich. And uh, I have a special treat in store for myself today, if no one else. So joining me today is Alex Sanfilippo. Alex is the founder and CEO of Podmatch. We're going to talk all about what that means. But Alex is a, is a guy that's been really influential to me as I've been trying to get things started on the podcasting journey. And uh, just my, my real treat to have him on board here. So Alex, thank you so much for joining the show. Scott, it's absolutely an honor. Uh, and hopefully we'll add value to more than just you and me today. But uh, <laughs> I, I've learned a lot from you by listening to your podcast as well. So I'm, I'm like super thankful to be here. And obviously, even the work you do with EOS, like you're, you're the best of the best, man. So it's an honor to be here. But we'll obviously we'll be serving people than beyond just ourselves, right? <laughs> no, hey, I appreciate that. I don't know, Alex, if you've ever listened to or heard the rewatchables that they do through the Ringer Podcast Network, but I'm a fan of Bill Simmons and all he's done there. And I've just, as a, as a fan of a sports fan and movies fan, listened to it. But, you know, rewatchables, sometimes it's one for you and sometimes it's just one for us. And so, right. you know, I'm okay if it's just one for me every now and then. That, that's, that was my, my goal here. No, but I'm, I'm sure you've got a lot to add. Yeah, Alex, one of the things that we like to do on the show is just talk about, you know, how did you, you get here, right? The, uh, the old, the, the overnight success that takes 30 years to actually come to right. that journey. So um, you've done a bunch of different things. Let's just start, you know, at the beginning. I, I know you had a little business as, as many of us do when we're kids. Tell me about that business and just why. I, I just like to know why did you do that? Because not all kids do that. So talk to me about the start of your entrepreneurial story because it, it takes us back to like 10 years old, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 10, 10 years old, I remember the first thing I tried to do was like, I want to sell lemonade because I saw some kids doing it. Uh, <laughs> but I was I was an interesting kid. Like I actually really understood numbers and business even at the age of 10. Like I, I can't I say understand. I had a big understanding it for a 10 year old. All right, let's, let's kind sure. of put that context. But in like, the context, I was, I was able to do the math in my head, noticing that selling lemonade actually wasn't profitable. It was profitable for me, but not for my parents. They were losing money by sure. giving me the hobby. And I was like, I don't, I did it once. I was like, no, I'm not doing that again. Like it's not, it's not a profitable business. Like my parents are giving me basically, they're, they're giving me the money and I'm not making it back. Right. And so the, the next thing that happened actually is by mistake, but I was out on the golf course because there's a golf course across the street from our, our, our neighborhood or our house. And, uh, all the kids, the parents said, don't go there. So we all, that's where we went, obviously, right? Of course, so, I mean, that, that's, obviously. That's, that's just first, how, that's good math right there. Um, <laughs> first move, first move. So whenever there was, a, there was a golf ball sitting like just right there. So I picked it up and I'd never really been into golf as a kid or anything like that. So I picked it up and then a golfer goes by in a cart and he just yells, hey kid, what does that golf ball say on it? Turned around and I was like, Titleist Pro V1. And he goes, I'll give you $3 for it. I was like, okay. I gave it to him. He gave me $3 and a light bulb went off, Scott. I was like, sure. wait a minute. Hey, that's more than I made all right. day selling lemonade. And I just made it in two seconds. I'm like, and I watch these golfers cuss everyone out around them and hit the balls in the water all the time. Like I am going to find a way to dig them out. So I just, I kind of rallied the group of friends that were right there. Some of them being my brothers, some friends and neighbors. I was like, listen guys, yeah. we got to go in this lake and find every golf ball that's there. And we're going to sell them this Saturday morning. Uh, we're going to go back out here Saturday morning and sell them to golfers. And that was more or less my first 
organized business. We weren't paying taxes. Sorry, Uncle Sam. But aside from that, it was a a real business. It was an operation. And I I loved as a kid, what I really took away from that was organizing a group of people, actually developing skills that tend to be able to talk and negotiate with adults. Because believe it or not, adult golfers that have been drinking want to negotiate with you on why the ball is $3 <laughs> instead of two, right? Like, and so you learn yeah. these skills. Like, and it's, it's kind of a, an interesting story. And many of your guests have similar stories like this, but I'll tell you what, that's kind of the foundation of my life as an entrepreneur and also as, as a corporate employee as well. Yeah. Well, and so, the, the, and this is, this is great. Cause I, I similar stories that, that I have in, in starting mine was around lawn mowing. Um, and, and so it was while well, mowing this lawn and then someone else said they needed a lawn and I'm like, oh, wait, wait a second, I got this. And then my, my buddies are hanging around and said, well, you, your parents have a lawnmower. So let's put that to work on the days that your dad's not mowing the lawn. And then all of a sudden I had a lawn mowing business that I'm running with a bunch of my buddies. Now the downside of doing that is when they didn't feel like mowing a lawn, guess who? <laughs> it goes back to Scott, right? The reliable <laughs> one. <laughs> the guy that had the great idea to start a lawn mowing business. So, yeah, but I, I wish I, I actually don't have this answer for myself. So I ask it of you. Was there anything, anyone there that modeled it for you to say, look, you should go out and do something on your own? Because I wasn't necessarily encouraged to do it. I just did it. And I don't even know how or why, really. I just kind of all of a sudden now I'm, I'm running a little, you know, neighborhood lawn mowing deal. Anything that would point you that way with the, from your parents or someone that uh, was influential on you, even at that early age? Yeah. You know, I actually respect the fact that you didn't have that and you did it more. I think that shows so much about your personality, who you are. For me, it was the flip. I I had the support. My parents were both entrepreneurs and they didn't push me to do any of that. They were, when I, when I mentioned lemonade, my dad's like, absolutely. We'll go get that taken care of and get you started right now. When I mentioned the golf ball thing, my dad's like, absolutely. Let me know if I can help it all. Right. There was never any like, well now be careful or now that's not a great idea. Don't you want to watch cartoons instead? Like that type of thing never came up. So I grew up in a very supportive environment for those type of things. As a matter of fact, my parents always got really excited about it. Like, wow, good. That's amazing. But there was never like a, a true push. It was more just like the support was there, which again, it made it very easy for me to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and good, good to have that space. And it was supported once the idea was there, but my parents just followed a different path. My, my mom was a teacher. My father was an attorney. They ironically both went to one place and stayed there their entire careers until they stopped being there. One thing the whole time. And, you know, I've just gone totally sideways from that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's something to be respect about that though. That's just so rare in the world today. Like I actually, whenever I see someone do like make it the long haul, like that person's not afraid of commitment. And I think that's one of the biggest issues yeah. that we face as entrepreneurs in today's world. So I nothing but respect for your parents for doing that. For sure. And lo- the loads and commitment. I, my father-in-law did something similar. He was a teacher for a lot of state, the same school district. So I just, these are those models out there. And yet my, I, my wife and I have just had, had, the, had a different set of circumstances and twists and turns. Okay. So that's business number one. Business number two was a real business. So let's talk about that real business. And then I, I've got a question for you about this. So bu- business number two, why don't you tell me a little bit about that one? Yeah. So I, I, I did side hustles throughout high school and stuff like that. But uh, I, and I got good at computers through that because I was a very early member of eBay as a kid, when I figured out, I could say it was my dad and uh, <laughs> the money went through his account, but it would come to my nice. wallet. Let's put it that way. Right. So again, uncle Sam, I'm sorry. Uh, but there's, so there's that. And I, I learned how to navigate. This is the early, like, this is fresh out of dial up. Like this is DSL like days. Right. And, yeah, uh, yeah. So, but I just learned how to, to flip things on, on eBay, how to buy things in bulk and sell them. Like I learned those things. And because of that, I got recommended at 15 years old to a friend of my dad's who was doing some virtual tours of homes, very early tech, but he wasn't great on computers. He was a great photographer. And he's like, I need a partner in this business that can help like run the actual editing and tech side and run the team from a remote, like a remote way. And I don't even know how to 
to do that. And he was literally like, I don't know how to. I mean, my dad met him at like a BNI meeting or something. And my dad's like, Crazy. my son's a kid, but he knows how to do all that stuff. And he's like, well, yeah. can I can I meet him? And so we had this conversation and he and I became partners. This guy was probably in his mid 40s at this point. And he was a great Amazing. photographer, had a good vision for business. So we built what was a, a virtual tour software company for homes. And now it's very common. But it's like when you go to a picture of a home on like, let's just say Zillow, and you can like drag the mouse, yeah. look at the roof, look at the floor, move it around. I mean, it's that technology, but this is back a long time ago. Yeah. And so <laughs> I, I ended up yeah. running a remote team. Uh, there was four editors and there were se uh, seven photographers, I think, or and, and the numbers get blurry. But regardless, there was a yeah. team and we were actually working completely remote. And but back then, the tools were so different. So we're using like FileZilla to do uploads of documents. We were using, remember, yeah. believe it or not, we were using AIM, AOL Instant Messenger to actually have our <laughs> conversations. So we had like our group chats and our individual ones. We were just using the tools that were in front of us because they weren't really there at that point. And uh, I loved that business. That was just absolutely a blast for me. So, so th this is my question for, and we're going to go to kind of the next step in this. Do you think that entrepreneurs are born or made? I think it's a combination Okay, and, and and I say that because some people just have a disposition to be like you. You were born to be an entrepreneur. You have that disposition within you, right? Some mm -hmm. people don't have; they don't want that, right? And I have plenty For of sure. friends who are the opposite. Like the idea of entrepreneurship doesn't just scare them; it makes them uncomfortable, and they say, "I just don't want that for myself." Like I have no yeah. desire to do that. I'm very happy and comfortable here. So I think to a certain level, you are predisposition based off your personality and what it is that you want out of life. And there's pros and cons on both sides. I used to feel bad for people yeah. to be an entrepreneur, but now I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> they seem to enjoy life more often than I do sometimes, oh, th th right? th There's no doubt. Right? I mean, and th it's th the reason I asked this very, very intentionally, you and I were talking about Gino beforehand. And, you know, I, I just listened to Gino do, do a talk about that. And he, he is convinced that all entrepreneurs are born, that it's not something that is made. It can be maybe revealed, and I'm not putting words in his mouth, but he's just like, no, entrepreneurs are born. You, you're born with it or not. You're born with a, an element of risk-taking. You're, you're born with an element that, that says, I'm willing to do something different, change gears, disrupt, pick your favorite term, and that, that's just where he falls on the matter, and that entrepreneurs won't, won't be stopped in that way. They'll just try, fail, try something else, right? They're just going to keep doing it till they get to the, to the thing that ends, up, that ends up being the thing for them, whatever that is. So, and you had a great model. So you nurture was a big part of it, right? You had that right. in the family. So that that's part of it there. So I appreciate your indulging me on that. It's funny, real quick on that. I have three younger brothers, two okay. of us are entrepreneurs and two aren't, and we're all completely happy and thriving in our own lanes. Right. So it's not even just okay. like, oh, well he had entrepreneur parents. So it's not like athleticism. Like typically if you have two parents or athletes, like all the kids are going to be athletes, right? Like we yeah. had two parents who were entrepreneurs and only half of us became that. So, yeah, I mean, I really believe that's true. Now <laughs> yeah. there's the nurture side too. Cause some people like they have the, like they have all the predisposition and stuff like that, but they're just not good at it. And I think that's where you have to actually like educate, learn and stuff like that. But that's a totally different topic. Yeah, well, it, and it's interesting you said that, and I appreciate your saying that. I have that in me, and, and you've seen that just from what we've talked about. But I also, I, and we're going to go where, for you as well, I also went W-2 for a while. So I had this at the beginning, left it. You did the same. We'll talk about that and, and the goods and bads of, of that, and then came back to it. So I had this a, a majority of my career, to be, to be frank, where I was W-2, I was working, and I, I thought, oh, I'll just go through the, you know, I want to move through these corporate opportunities, and I got great opportunities to travel and meet tons of great people and, and learn a ton and 
work for big companies. I mean, I, I had that, thought that was the thing, but now I've kind of come back around to where I was in my teens. And I, for the life of me, I, I wish I could understand all that in there, the, the psychology of that, because I, I have come back around to it. And now I spend all my time in this space, which is, you know, not where I was for the last 20 years. It's, it's, it's kind of crazy. So let's talk about that. You had one more business, which was then the beginning of what, you know, a, a lot of change going on in your life, right? So you had, had the video business, real estate, and then went into one more in the real estate space. So let's just talk a little bit about that and, and then the outcome and, and how that sent you down that W2 path. Yeah. Um, so I, I really, I love that tour business so much so that I actually really started looking at, uh, like I was always asking questions of photographers because I was working behind a computer, right? And so I was like, yeah. hey, did they add that bathroom later? Like, or why, why is this house so much more valuable than the one that, down the street? Like what's around it, right? I started asking very curious questions. I became passionate about, about real estate. And I, I knew that my turned 18, I wanted, I was like, I want to invest in real estate. That's like, that's the path I want to take. And so the day I turned 18, I, there I am going out and, and grab my first piece of real estate. And I was like, this is an extension of the company I already have. I'll probably end up renting it, flipping it, who knows, right? Like all, all that stuff right. to give everyone a frame of mind of the time frame of this, this was, this was third quarter, 2006. Uh, anyone who has been around longer <laughs> yeah. than that is already like, Oh no, this poor kid. Oh no. Oh, so 18 no. years decisions, old. Decisions, 18. World's your oyster. It's happening, right? right? I'm a real estate investor. I haven't even hit 20 yet. Uh, yeah. And, and so for me, Scott, I'll be real. I was like, I was on top of the world. I'm like, this is amazing. Sure. And around that same time I happened to, I think I was at a dental office. And this is before we all had phones sitting with us, right? There was nothing to do on them. And so there's yeah. magazines and one was Forbes 30 under 30. And I was like looking at that and I was like, you know what? This is going to be me. And real estate is going to be the vehicle I use to get there. And so here I am, 18, got my first property under my belt. I'm like looking at more. My company's thriving. And I go from being one of the most, I'd say, financially successful, not successful anywhere else in life at that point. I really had developed some bad mindsets, but really financially successful to what just the course of a couple months going to a yeah. company that I just gave to the partner because there was nothing happening more. We went from doing like 30 homes a day down to nothing. I mean, one a week. And so I was like, there's not even money in this. I was like, here, like, if anyone wants to stay, it's yours, right? Like, you can yeah. run it uh, to being really upside, so upside down that property I purchased, I actually had to move into it. And I was just planning on starting like, I was like, well, I was about to start college, but now I, I can't afford it. Like, I don't have the money for it anymore. Like, now I'm upside down on a mortgage. And man, so I went from like, cloud nine to what I consider the rock bottom of my life, which just felt like a couple months. Was it, This was in Florida, correct? Correct. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which was, of course... That was the pinnacle. Right? I mean, maybe California, you could argue. We had it. I'm in Arizona, right? We had it a little bit in Arizona, but these are the hot spots during that time because for so long, thing, business was booming. <laughs> so right. was, you're right, take, take advantage of it and, and jump in there. You can't see the future, um, it, but if you could go back now and go back and tell that person, right? And, and obviously, the answer is don't go into real estate, but was there any other things that you learned? maybe hindsight, not looking back on it and said, okay, I would, I would have done these things then if I, if I had the information then that, that I have now, you know, have you been able to, to go back to it as a, as a lessons learned at all, despite yeah, the pain? You know, it? for, for many years, Scott, this actually really bothered me like a lot. Like it kept me up at night for more. Sure. You, you know, there's, there's actually, so I happen to be a follower of Jesus. That's just, I'm not here to like push beliefs on anybody, but that, that is like what my, the core of my life. And my pastor told me something one time that really helped me get through this. And he said, he said, Alex, you need to learn to give up all hope for a better past. You need to learn to give up all hope for a better past. And for me, I, for years, I held on to the fact of if I would have waited six months, I could have bought two or three properties in cash, right? Like not, not even taking a yeah. loan, like in cash, I could have just waited six months. And for years, I held on like, man, 
here I am like born, I was born in 88. So all people do the math on how old I am. Right. But like I was born in 88. So I was just like thinking like, where would I be now if I had done that? And I'd say it was about six, it's probably about six or seven years that I just had so much trouble letting that go. Cause I was like, man, beating myself up about, I'm like, why couldn't I have had the foresight? And you know, of course we watch like the movie, the big short and you're like, how come I wasn't one of these smart people? Like why was so, I one so of these obvious idiots? That right? was going to happen, right? So obvious, really, yeah. Like, and obviously oh, that's, that's the, the magic of Hollywood, uh, of course. Right. Well, since several large banks didn't realize it was coming either, or decided not to pay attention to it. I think you know, give yourself a, a break there. <laughs> but the, the truth is I, I couldn't watch that movie for years because I was like, I can't believe I was so stupid. And right. And like, it's yeah. just unhealthy mindset after unhealthy mindset. And yeah, if I could go back, I'd be like, Hey dude, wait six months. Right. Like that's what all the smart people yeah. are doing, which there's only a handful of, but like, that's what they're doing. But uh, yeah, so if I go back, I tell myself that. But really, uh, if I can, I'm just gonna be completely transparent here. That was the best thing that ever happened to me. And I say that because I just mentioned that I had developed some really bad mindsets around money, around success, around what that looked like, about me getting praised and, and being respected by people even older than me. If I didn't hit that rock bottom, and ultimately that's what led me to finding to finding my relationship with Jesus. If I didn't have that happen, I would not be the man that I am today. So really, it's probably best that future Alex doesn't travel back and tell past Alex that because when I come back to the future, I might've created something really terrible. Let's put it that way. Well, well, I mean, it's great advice from, from your pastor and, and it's, it's great counsel for, for anyone to spend a lot of time going back there and, and playing the coulda, shoulda, or if only then type game, because it can be super destructive for your art today. And it's hard to find someone that's you're guilty of that in some way, shape or form. If only I'd done this, if I wish I had this, right? The positive, wait, 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 you, you, it just got to put that in the right mindset. You got to take that and say, okay, yep, I filed that away. Got it. And as you said, I'm not going to be that person anymore. Really, I mean, that's what it comes down to. Right? You, you, that person was not who you wanted to be at the moment. You thought it was who you should be, maybe, but it's not who you who you want to be, right? You, you, it's come a long way f- from that. So, uh, good on you for that. Um, so you're in that space now and and feeling this. So you did take a pivot, right? You, the after having let's call it from from. 10 to 12 years of, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm the guy I'm building businesses and, and doing that to, okay, I gotta, I gotta t- take a step back here and I'm going to go work for somebody else, which given your inclination, I'm su- sure was just difficult to swallow regardless of the role. And I know you ended up being down towards, towards the bottom of the backyard when you started that, but that had to be tough. I mean, d- just to kind of say, I- I'm not going to do another business right now. I, I just, I, I just don't have it. Right. As, yeah. To talk about that decision-making, you know, really. So it was tough, but I didn't, I didn't hesitate. I was so nervous by like having such a big failure and I'll call it like Mm. not a failed experience. At that point, I considered it me being a failure. And so I was so nervous that like, you know what? The magic's gone. Like, that's it, right? Like, and so I, I remember my, my dad, again, being an entrepreneur, he was like a, a big name in the aerospace industry. And so I, I was like, hey, dad, like, I just need a job, man. Like, I've never like really done that. And he's like, yeah. I can't get you a job. I can get you an interview. I was like, thanks, dad. You know, like, so uh, <laughs> I, I was able to interview and I ended up in a part-time receiving clerk uh, position, which basically, man, I was breaking down boxes for different d- divisions of the company and taking out people's trash. And that was the continuation of that very humbling experience of like, man, this is, this is tough. This like this kind of hurts, and but again, sure. I I go back to immediately believing that that was the best thing to happen for me. And Scott, to kind of fast forward, like I don't want to go through like fifteen years, uh, like over in just a quick. Yeah, but it's a, it's a big pivot. I mean, but yeah. I appreciate you sharing the mindset there because it, it's it, it's an interesting word. I, I'm going to throw a word out there, and I'm not even sure it's the right word, but it, it has it comes across my brain, so I'm just going to say it that th- there are times that feels like the safe choice. Like I, you've taken a couple big swings and. 
it's safe to say that someone's going to cut me a check every two weeks, even if I'm breaking down boxes and I'm a part-time, but, but there is a, a safety to it. Now, I think we, we learn over the course of time that it's not always the safe choice to, to work for somebody else, but, but it probably felt a little bit like that. There was a little bit of, Hey, let me just kind of get my feet back on the ground and, and have a, that, uh, uh, put in quotation marks, a little, little safe day-to-day life. Um, you know, it, was, it did kind of feel that way, but I immediately, yeah. there's a coined term now. Um, it still sounds weird to say, but I'm gonna say it anyway, an entrepreneur. So like an entrepreneur, but in an organization. And I immediately took that ownership mindset. And so for me, like, yeah, I, I think I probably felt like I had a bit of a safety net, but at the same time, I put so much pressure on myself to do well. Um, I almost became that entrepreneur in it. So like my very first promotion from part-time to full-time was because there was multiple stations, people were breaking down boxes. And I said, hey, if I bring like uh, big like dollies over and you just put them all in there, we're going to wheel them all to one specific spot and break them down there. That way we're not getting in anyone's way or interrupting the flow. And also this trash can's always full. This one's always empty. That one's bigger. Let's flip those around. So we don't have to do it three times a day. We can just do it once a day now. And that stuff just goes noticed because if you're showing up at my jobs to take out trash and break down boxes, you don't think on how do we streamline this process? So I immediately was was noticed as somebody who, oh, wow, this person is truly taking ownership and cares. So like I did have a little bit of a different mentality, but yes, I definitely got into it because I was like, this company's safe, it's recession proof, it's big, I'm gonna get a paycheck, I'm gonna eventually get myself out of debt, right? Like, so yeah, yes, exactly. I did get in for that reason, but I immediately developed that owner mindset. Yeah, and it's, and I like that owner's mindset. And there's plenty of companies that, that reward that, and they look for, hey, this person challenges the status quo. They've got innovation, right? You see that on the performance review. So th- those things can exist in in the right company, the right right performance appraisal cycle, or however they they value that. The right companies, the right core values for the company, but. For you, that I'm great to hear that you carried it on. So yeah, we won't go through that career, but it was a successful career as a W and two employee, right? Fifteen years or so, oh, yeah. and, and, and working it, my way through. So you know, yeah, I, I loved it, man. I'll be real, like yeah. I loved. Great. Uh, yeah, I'm an entrepreneur through and through, but I absolutely loved it. And um, it, if it's if it's helpful to the listeners, I can explain why I left. I mean, because I, I yeah, just, I, I, I would love to go through that. Just just because the, these decision points, it, it's just help. Once again, one for me, right? It's helpful to me as well because I've had these decision points along the way, and I've done both, and kind of. Flip here and flip there, and you just say, "Okay, once again, born nurture." Like when you turn it off, turn it on. The the flames there, but it burns brighter sometimes versus another. I, you know, there's a lot of different ways to describe it. So, after that career, what, what was the thing that said, "Okay, now I've had that quote unquote safety of of having and spending the time and building a nice career and, and experiencing success to to say, "Okay, I'm going, I'm going back in, I'm going back yeah. in to running a company." I, again, I loved it till the last day I was there, and I'm, I'm a firm believer you end one season the way you begin the next, and I wanted to end on a on a good foot, so I'd start my next venture on a, on a good foot, right? As a matter yeah. of fact, like the kind of the proof for me with that is I've been asked back multiple times now to speak at senior people's retirements, and I've been gone nice. for years, and and so that's like, awesome. that again, they're just like I left on good enough terms that they're bringing me back, and to my knowledge, I'm typically the only outside person who comes in for those things. So again, a good reputation. I loved it. But it was actually a really specific thing that happened. Um, Our company went from being like a mid-size US-based private company to a very large publicly traded company, like multi-billion dollar company. And when we went from private to public is when I got moved up to the C-suite level, which was like the goal, like the dream, right? Sure. This was around year, between year 12 and 13, somewhere in the middle there, right? And um, I'll never forget it. I was making big decisions. I was overseeing five divisions of the company. At this point, I was in the operational role and I I was just loving it. Like I was thriving, doing really good. And I was psyched to like really show what I could do now that I'm at this level. Like, and it was one quarter, I I had a a certain 
depart, uh, certain division of the company, I was able to save a full 10% margin on it. And again, this is a big organization. So that was sure, substantial. Maybe. And in my big head, dollars. I walked down to my CEO's office and kicked the door down, had a cigar, and but I didn't. I respectfully was like, hey, excuse me, sir, you know, like, can I come in? <laughs> and uh, I sit down and I, I told him the news. I'm like, did you see what we did in, in such and such department? And he, in division, he's like, yeah, man, I saw it. But I, Scott, I could hear in his voice that he wasn't, he wasn't happy about it. He wasn't thrilled. And so like, I kind of like leaned down like, so you know, like we, we saved that money versus like spent extra, right? And he's like, no, I, I know what you did. And like, I just kind of sat back and like held my hands in. I'm like, because I'm like, I can, I can hear the annoyance in your voice. And he goes, man, we didn't tell the shareholders or board that we we're going to do that. He's like, you just, you can't, you can't do that again. He's like, we just have to talk about that type of thing and have the projection and stick with, stick with the goal. And all I heard was like, no more challenging the status quo. And yeah. I, I left his office, closed the door. I was walking back to my office. And for the first time ever, it felt like a long walk. And it had never felt mm. like a long walk in that building before. And when I got there, I just, on, on that way, I was like, I, it's time to go. And I just yeah. knew that, that my time of, of being that owner, having that entrepreneur mindset, like I couldn't flex anymore. Like it was now keep the status quo going. And granted, that's, I'm not dogging that company because that's the goal, right? Ultimately, build something oh. so big that you can just keep it going and it can well, ride. It's publicly traded. Yeah. So that's it's all about that. I mean, it's yeah. quarter to quarter and it's d delivering on on what is expected. I mean, at the end of the day, it's delivering what's expected out there. Whatever that is, you, that's what you got to hit on. Yeah. Right? And, and so that, I, yeah. I spent the next couple of years trying to get out. And there's something that that what I started doing right away is just saying, I, I wasn't in a hurry. I just wanted to kind of sample different things. So I had tons, like any entrepreneur, I had tons of failed attempts. But something yeah. that really spoke to me was actually, I want to call it a, a past episode of your podcast on uh on august 4th 2023 you interviewed uh brandon uh barnum brandon barnum yeah, yeah brandon barnum um, yep really hoa.com and a bunch of other things uh, like, <laughs> done, done, done first, stuff. first yeah. off i love i'm gonna go on a little side right here i love that episode <laughs> i went straight to hoa.com his website and found somebody i was looking to work with i didn't even know that website exists before i heard your podcast That's awesome so i was like awesome. i've never had that happen but the other thing is he said something really key when you were talking which is a great interview i encourage everyone to go back and listen to that the extraordinary rise of a self-made ceo he said speak what you seek until you see what you saw. And for me, I went back to remembering like this entrepreneur that I wanted to become with a much better mindset now, right? But that's what, that's what I wanted. And I started speaking that into existence through the vehicle of podcasting. I started a podcast. I was like, I'm going to start talking to people smarter than me. And I'm going to, I'm just going to, I'm going to speak what I seek until I, until I can see it into reality. Right. And yeah, I, yeah. and that really changed the game for me from going from like failed little side hustle that was just a fun thing to explore to actually finding a lane to go in and uh man like and that that that's when I, at year 15 is when i finally decided hey it's time to move on and i got into it through full-time podcasting on the the actual software side of things so not just being like a, a show host with a big audience right if you will. right Let, let, let's spend spend our time talking about podmatch and, and the birth of that and i appreciate your, your calling that out because because brandon did definitely bootstrapped his way through things into a bunch of different bunch of different where it, it really is, is kind of inspirational all the yeah, things sure. that he's done over the course episode, of time man, it was unbelievable great, great, yeah great 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 story there now you've got this opportunity so you've got a little more clarity um that that maybe not spending as much time looking backwards, right? You mentioned yeah. that earlier. Yeah, that yeah, that, that look back, right? That's past because you've had this successful career, and maybe now is just now is the, now's that right time. Okay, now that flame, let's turn it up, burn and bright, and and jump back into it. So, I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the the genesis of Podmatch is March of 2020, right? Oh, yeah, is that, done your research, right? Scott? Yeah, that's it. I, yeah, I, I, I try. Yeah, so so uh, March of 2020 is the idea. So let's just go, give let's get the idea, and then. The turnaround was was pretty awesome uh, in terms of, of the birth of company just a couple months later. But let's just let's get into that, right? You you from host to oh, I'm I'm going this direction in this space. 
Yeah. I mean, again, I owe a lot of it to my own podcast um, where I was interviewing much more successful people than me and to oversimplify entrepreneurship, which I'm, you've got way more qualified guests than me to do this. But uh, <laughs> it, basically, it's, it's find an area of passion, get into the community, find a simple problem that community is struggling with, and as quickly as possible, find a simple solution for that problem they're several, uh, struggling with. And yeah. way oversimplifies it, right? Remember, I use the word simple three or four times, which is actually very critical. Yes. And something we spend a lot of time talking with with clients and potential clients about is, is, is the simplicity of it. And, and don't over, you, you can't make it too complex. You're not a corporation. You don't have all these, right? Simple right. Is, yeah. is critical. So yeah, continue. Yeah. So I'm glad you pointed that out. Yeah. It's all about the simple one. I had somebody once, somebody like, I want to launch a TV network. I'm like, start a YouTube show and let's see how yeah, it goes. Yes. Right? Like, yeah, let's start there. Um, bring that down to something here and then we'll, you yeah. know. <laughs> all right, Mr. MTV, hold on now. Um, anyway, uh, back to this point. So I was actually at PodFest, which is a, a big podcasting conference in Orlando, Florida, right before the world shut down in 2020. And I, I, I'll never forget, I got off stage with the intent of asking this community that had grown passionate about what they were struggling with. And whether you're a good or bad speaker, like as I was getting off stage, people were going to be nice and talk to you. So I just had a pen and paper and I asked every single one, like, hey, thank you for listening to me. Hey, what is something you're struggling with in podcasting? And Scott, of course, I heard a bunch of things, but I heard a sure. common trend, which was exactly 100 people's when I closed my notebook, which was, Alex, I'm having trouble finding guests for my show. Or I'm having trouble finding the right fit, or I don't know where to go, or how am I going to interview guests? And it was all around that. And that's what I came home with saying, okay, this is the problem. Is there a solution? And basically to like, just to, I know we, we you teased that at the beginning here, but Podmatch is a software that connects podcast guests and hosts for interviews. And the way I like to describe it is it works like a dating app. It'll, it'll connect you like you get connected for a date, but instead of for days, connect you for a podcast interview. You can see each other's profiles, some things that, you're, that you can talk about or what the podcast is about. You can message back and forth. You can schedule on the platform. You never have to exchange an email if you don't want to. And that was, the for us, the simple problem we sought to, to solve. I had the idea on uh, March 10th, 2020, and on June 15th, 2020, we launched into what was a very early beta. Yeah. And, but yeah, from idea to, to launch is awesome. But I want to just rewind a little bit, give everyone and give you the credit that, that you deserve. You were leaving a career and then speaking on stage at a meeting of other podcasters, right? You had a very successful podcast that you launched that, that was talking to entrepreneurs about their stories, right? And so yep. you, you were in that, right? Creating a brand. Is that what it's Correct. called? Yeah, the time? Yep. Right, right. Yeah. 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 So creating a brand. Was there a couple of lessons just as you went through that, that came from there that helped give you that spark again? So you're hosting the show. It's a side hustle. It's a thing. You're doing it out there, but you ended up being on stage and having this opportunity to share your story there. What was it that you took from that? And did any of that feed into some of this early decision-making around PodMatch? Yeah. And first of all, I want to mention that's not my show anymore. It's now called Podcasting Made Simple. But the on the same feed, so if you go to Podcasting Made Simple, the first 158 episodes are creating a brand episode. So you can, anyone okay. can go back and check those out. And, and I kind of shared one of the big takeaways, which was like that framework for entrepreneurship, like solve a problem, like solve a simple yeah. problem, right? Uh, but the other thing that really stood out to me initially was that it's okay to fail. Uh, again, I was trying like these little side hustle things, right? And I kept on messing up and, and doubts started creeping in like they do. Like, like, am I good at this? Like, why do I keep on like, why can't I find anything that clicks? <laughs> like, I know I'm just kind of right. testing the water, but like, why is the water always so cold? You know, like, yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. I just felt like I got the permission to fail. And I, I think that there's, I didn't, I didn't ever interview John C. Maxwell, but he's brought up by a lot of people and he's like talking about failing forward, right? Three steps back yeah. or yeah, three steps back, but four forward every time. Like yeah. you, you fall six times, get up seven. And it's just one of those things like having that permission 
from successful entrepreneurs that were sharing their story about how, yes, I was an overnight success, air quotes, right? Sure. They're like, but it took me a hundred different businesses to have my first success. And you're like, wait a minute, right? But having that freedom, man, that like, that really did well for me. And really our job as entrepreneurs is to be creators, to, to form the future of what business looks like, of what the status quo is. And that doesn't happen without hitting friction. It just doesn't. Yeah. Can, can hit ceilings, hit roadblocks, get rid of an idea, pivot, right? The, the, just the, the natural course of things that, that's, that's going to go on. Uh, so, so we launch, and, I'm, I, and I want to make sure we talk a little bit about this, but you mentioned uh, something uh, on a show that, that you were on recently that I listened to, uh, Jay Einer's show, and you, you were talking about just how you structured since, since you started there. And you and I talked briefly before just about, about US, but I, I, I couldn't help, right? There, there's an influence there, but you've actually, even in, a, in you've kept the company small and simple, but you, you've created the structure that allows the operation to keep going, even while you're innovating and changing. Can you just talk a little bit, where does that come from? Because- I obviously keyed up on some terms that you mentioned on Jay's show that that was real to me, right? I I picked up on right away, and and so I it just where where did that come from? How did you bring that together? You know, over the from the previous work that you've done into I'm going to structure this in this way. This is the way it's going to work from an operational execution side of things. Yeah, just I, I owe my corporate background for that. Like everything, our, our lives okay. are a journey, right? And like a lot of it, I owe to that. Like being in operations uh, as a corporate guy, like you learn, you build systems when there's tons, I don't even know how many people, but people that are like, their jobs rely on how well you've built a system, you learn to build good systems and make it very clear. So you're not just managing an inbox all day. And so from day one, we started doing that. So we we decided from day one, we're going to do the disciplined act of building a system, which really for Mm -hmm. many entrepreneurs, this is one of the big struggle points, because we tend to be more creative, which means we like to work on the fun stuff. And so for me, from day one, I would take 20 minutes to do a five minute task because I didn't ever want to do that task again. And too many of us are like, I can just knock it all out in like four hours instead of 12 if I just don't write it down this time. But the problem is that turns into a habit, which turns into your culture. And so for yeah. me, I was like, from day one, I'm like, no, our culture is we document. I can remember my co-founder, he came from corporate as well. And he goes, dude, I just got out of this life. He goes, you really want me to document everything? I'm like, I'm like, man, we're going to thank ourselves in two years from now if we document sure. all that we don't yeah. have to have 30 people that we're now just managing because we have, we're just a mess, right? So from day one, we have just been devoted to making sure that we build this thing out in a systematic way with the foundation of our core values really driving all of that. And so we've just done the disciplined act of making sure that that is how the company's run. And because of that, we've stayed extremely lean. And I'm very thankful for that. Yeah, and it's it's unique space really because well, in using uh, EOS terminology, you know, we typically see at the leadership of a company a visionary. That's the the individual that's got the ideas and is generating the next idea and 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 keeping their eye on the on the future and and dreaming big, so to speak. And then you've got this integrator role, which ends up being that execution side. You you've played both actually, right? And that's that's unique. You don't see that a lot. It's it's a very few folks that have the ability to to do that and do them both well. Many try to do them. <laughs> so we see that then that can that can be trouble um, because you, you're, most founders are going to be more heavily on that visionary side. It's just where they like to play. It's the space they're going to be. But the company doesn't get traction because the execution's not there. It just it just doesn't occur without that. Um, but Alicia plays that role now, right? She's more that integrator for you. Really, yeah, she's in, in a lot of ways. She, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, and she's one of the co-founders. So it's me, Alicia, and Jesse. Um, Jesse yep. being like a friend I've known forever. Of course, we signed legal documentation. It's all good. Um, <laughs> but uh, but Alicia and I didn't sign legal documentation aside from when we got married. Uh, but uh, right. she's extremely brilliant and the company only works because of her. Uh, she has a background in uh, owning her own businesses and stuff like that. Like she's just, she's, I learn a lot from her. 
Uh, and, yeah. and so I'm extremely thankful for the, like the three of us that really make this thing run. We can each overlap enough that we can kind of fill in the gaps for each other, which has made it a really beautiful thing. And it, that's really, we've done our best to keep that the culture of our entire community uh, is it's, it's calm. We work together, we're collaborative. And that's really what we've gone for from day one. And I believe we've done a really good job executing that. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And just as a as a user of the platform and, and spending a lot of time on the platform is great. So let's let's talk about where we're going next. You and I talked briefly about it. So Podmatch is this podcast dating service, right? We'll come, yeah. it's, a, it's the right way to, to look at it. And, and strongly encourage, even if you're not a podcast host, if you're interested in talking about your organization, your company, what you do, go get a Podmatch account. Put yourself out there. Build a page. It's a, it's a great place to go and, and represent yourself. And Folks like me are looking for folks like you to tell your story. And it can be in whatever. I mean, there are so many shows. Like, there is a place for your story to be told. So go out there and, and do that. So that's my plug for you, Alex, because I, I, I do think it's a great spot to play out there. I'm on both sides of it. I've had some great conversations on both sides with, with, with guests. And then when, when I had a chance to be a guest on another show. But so Podmatch is out there. If you've got something fun that that I play, which is the pod lottery. So maybe talk a little bit about that. And then, and then where are you going to take that next? As you talked about sort of the next steps when you bring your, your community, pod lottery, pod match, and, and bring them together going forward. Yeah. So um, we, so we, and this is where I've made a mistake, Scott, and I knew that to you before we started recording. So this, yeah. and, and forgive me if you're listening to this today and you're like, oh, Alex is starting to ramble. I've not really articulated this. So uh, I love the medium of podcasts. I'm turning it into being for Alex now. Um, but beautiful. Uh, ramble away. We, so we launched, allow it. <laughs> we launched um, Pod Lottery, which was an idea of like a fun review swap based on uh, integrity, right? And like actually being yeah. like authentic. So we have like all these things. We worked with Apple directly on it. And uh, my team's like, cool, we need a new set of social media accounts now. So we can have one for Podmatch, one for Pod Lottery, And we were working on another service as well. And we have that one too, Podcast SOP. And I was like, absolutely not. We'll create more of an umbrella and it'll all be under what's called PodPros. That'll be our blog, our podcast. And we'll have that just be the social media. And I, I thought that was a good idea. And Scott, I was, I was kind of modeling it off of how Alphabet is the, the umbrella for Google and Meta right. is for, uh, for Facebook and all the other things, right? Like, and I was like, cool, these companies are doing it. Let's model off of that. Here's the thing, man. Like, I'm not building a business like that. And I, I didn't realize that. Coming from big corporate as yeah. well, it seemed like the right call. But I realize now the best solution would have been to just add these things right into the existing platform we had being Podmatch. And I will say they, yeah. they've all done well separately. But right now, and this is like one of my first official announcements of this, we're in the process of bringing them all under that one name to once again go back to the re like how I launch it as simple as possible for the people that are trusting us. We're just, yeah. there, there's not gonna be any upcharge. Like they're not gonna be like plugins you can pay more for. Everything's gonna be included in one membership, one bill, right? And that yeah. way you just have everything under one space to simplify it once again, because I've accidentally created something complex, which again, you know, Alex five years ago would have been beating himself up about this. Like, oh, here I am failing again, right? Like succeeding, but failing at the same time. But now I'm like, you know what? We did what we thought was best. We remained agile. We released it as quickly as we could. It serves people, and we're just going to keep on improving over time. We're going to we're going to bring it back to simplicity once again. Because if there's one thing that you know, we all overcomplicate things as we get into them. Of course, I've, I've been very guilty of that. But that's kind of our our future, if you will, is bring it all into just the Podmatch name. Yeah, it's actually one of the places where we go first when we, when we talk to a client. So typically, when we're talking to a client, it's not because their business is running smoothly, right? When we're coming in, there there's something more that the owner wants to get get out of it or they they've hit a ceiling they're completely frustrated it's like 80 hours a week is not what i expected when i own my own company to get flexibility <laughs> all those things and and what we one of the first things to say is you when you hit a ceiling 
simplify, right? So in this case, like, and we just say go in order, like first simplify before you do anything else. Where have you created artificial complexity that need not be there so that, so that you can get through that ceiling and, and get onto the next level of your growth. And, and so good on you to, to jump right in there and, and attack it, uh, straightforward. So good. Thanks for sharing that with us and uh, looking looking forward to, to getting that all into one. And PodLadder is a fun little thing. So podcast hosts are out there. I, I enjoy that that fun. I, I've been introduced just a ton of people to that as well. I've actually reached out to some of the folks that I've reviewed it's and amazing. talking about like what's working for them. It's a, it's a, it is a great little community, you know, folks yeah. that are all trying to do the same thing. A bunch of independent folks trying to figure this out. Yeah. And uh, it, it, it's a great little community for that. So it's great. I love that. Uh, this this has been awesome. And, and Alex, I appreciate you going a little long here and spending all that time with us. So, so thank you so much. Great story and uh, really my treat to ha have you on here. So thank you for agreeing to jump on. Before we let you go, uh, five fast questions, always part of our episodes here. So I'm going to fire them at you. You know, just get a little sense of getting to know Alex a little better. So Alex, first and foremost, do you have a favorite sports team or athlete? Yeah, uh, I, I like the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, and I, I can't say even like a player cause I get frustrated with all of them. Um, uh, anyway, if you, if you know the Jaguars, you get what I'm saying, but yeah, I, I really like watching them as a team, especially like right now they're starting to play well. So that's been fun. London's own Jacksonville Jaguars. It's, That's it, right? Exactly. <laughs> share, share, share with London. Share with London. Um, what would you eat if it was your last meal? Cheesecake. You just funny. I'm like, I'm like a real healthy guy, and I try to like, yeah. I try to like never eat. But if I if I do splurge, it's going to be cheesecake. I want a good old slice of just old fashioned New York cheesecake. Nothing on it. That's it. Guilt, guilt free guilt, guilt that's right, free. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what we're talking about as well. uh, you know i get all sorts of answers i'm like you know you can eat anything you want yeah it, when someone says like oh a, a kale salad i'm like you're a liar you know like yeah that's not true yeah, it was not true that. <laughs> <laughs> um do you have a dream vacation spot either have been to want to get back to or never been and it's on the list i've been real there's one that i've not been to i've been pondering uh i believe it's it's on the grand cayman island and i think it's called seven mile beach i'm told it's like i, I love the beach i'm told it's one of the most beautiful places you can go. So that is absolutely on my list. It's one of the few that I, I, I've never been to, but I'm, I'm nice. that's on there. That's a bucket list right now. Not even a goal yet, bucket list. Put it out there. That's right. It's great. Um, do you have a, a rewatchable movie or a, a favorite TV show that you're streaming right now? Something that uh, that maybe you go back to time and again, or or maybe it's new when you say, hey, this is something that's really hit home. Uh, this is this is going to scare anybody. I'm glad we talked about this at the end, not the beginning. But I, I haven't <laughs> watched TV in over a year. I haven't. I, 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 How I'm about I just never got into it. Yeah. I will say yeah. my favorite show that is on repeat in my brain, at least, is The Office. Uh, I don't know what sure. it is about. I mean, we're, I guess we, it's because we both came from corporate, right? Like, you got to just have a respect I'm, for The Office. Oh, my God. So. It's, that, that show, I sit there and it, I, I just get uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, exactly. <laughs> I think that's what I love about it. It's like, <laughs> I quote it multiple it's times like, a day, every day of my life. Yeah. I just can't even help it. <laughs> The other one I've had a couple guests say, and this is where I go to, is Seinfeld, just because I can take any Seinfeld episode and, and it just I can find a spot where this is happening in my life. Fortune tellers, like, this is what they are. Yes, I get it. <laughs> unbelievable, unbelievable. All right, and then last but not least, do you have a piece of advice or a favorite quote that uh, you kind of anchor on that you'd like to share with, with folks um, that, that's something that means a lot to you? Yeah, uh, do for one what you wish you could do for all. Uh, when I launched Podmatch and even my podcast, I, I didn't think about the masses. I did my best to actually keep my mindset off of that. And still to this day, we think about the one person we can best serve. Because in the day, if I can go back to my faith, like Jesus came to serve, not to be served, right? And he served that one person right. the most. I've done my best to model my life, my business off of that. So I always just remind myself, hey, you know what? Sure, this might help a lot of people, but it's for one person today. Who's that person that needs it most? Let me do my, do my best to execute for that individual. Nice. And 
great great way to think about it because then that as you innovate it's a, it's around that right what's going to serve best and by the way you're super accessible so if we have ideas we just we just email yeah, Alex I, I, I love that yeah that's it. That hard to, is it really kind of an easy guy to find i always like to ask like how do we find alex i'm like i don't know it's not hard to find out no <laughs> anywhere you find me you can reach out to me and, and it'll be me i don't have a personal assistant or anything so it'll be me if you reach out you may by the rare uh, case if i'm very busy or on a call like doing a podcast like this you'll get alicia but alicia happens to work and live in the same home as me so you'll find me hey, we're telling Alex Sanfilippo, 1F, 1L, 2Ps. That's just what you got to You got to have that there. There it is. <laughs> Find <laughs> on, the, on the website and podmatch.com is a, is, is a great place to go to. Alex, it's been, been my absolute pleasure to have you on the Grow Your Damn Business podcast. It's been, been a great conversation. Thanks for sticking with me here a little long. Um, and uh, obviously, we'll be in touch here along the way. So thank you so much for, for sharing everything you did today. Thanks again, Scott. Truly an honor to be here, man. All right. Have a great one, Alex. You too. The Grow Your Damn Business Podcast is hosted by Scott Goodrich, a professional EOS implementer. To learn more about EOS and how it might help grow your damn business, you can email Scott at scott.goodrich at eosworldwide.com or check out his website at www.eosworldwide.com forward slash Scott hyphen Goodrich. Thank you for listening to the Grow Your Damn Business Podcast. If you found this conversation valuable, subscribe to our YouTube channel and find us on your favorite podcast platform. We will see you next week on the Grow Your Damn Business Podcast.